Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,293. Your chances at your dreams could be one in a million, but there's zero in a million if you don't try. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from the studios of KNX 1070 Radio, Randy Cardoon. Randy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I have my five-point harness on, which is getting a lot of strange looks from the studio, but I'm ignoring them. <laughs> okay, I'll try to keep it, uh, keep it out of the gravel today, all right? <laughs> That's the plan, at least. Randy Cardoon is a multi-award-winning sportscaster who has been on the airways for 30-plus years. At KFWB, he was on Fox 11 and currently KNX 1070 News Radio in Los Angeles, California. He has earned numerous broadcasting awards, including a Best of Radio, a Golden Medal, and Golden Mike Awards. And in 2014, he decided to wrap his passion for cars into a podcast he calls Talking About Cars, where he interviews a wide variety of guests who love classic cars, I was honored to be a guest on his show during my attendance at the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California, where I was interviewed by Randy and past Cars Yeah guest Bob Beck. Randy loves old cars, and he is currently has two collector cars, a 57 Pontiac Custom Safari two-door wagon. How cool is that? And a 64 Dodge Bolera hardtop. So, Randy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Well, you know, I've been in the business for a long time, uh, radio business and television, too. And I'm a sportscaster by trade, but I've, uh, you know, always been a car nut. Uh, I grew up in Southern California. My parents and my family have always been into General Motors cars, uh, also Mopars. Uh, We had some uh, teases with Ford cars. But for the most part, I go back as a kid to when there was serious metal on cars, as you remember. Uh, we're talking 40s and 50s. And and the fact that I used to be six years old, I remember being in the back of my dad's 56 Pontiac, and I'd be sitting there trying to impress him. And I'd go, hey, dad, I can tell you the difference on each car, and I could give you the year, and I could give you the kind of car it is. And my dad would say, yeah, okay, son, go ahead. And I just start rattling them off left and right. Okay, that's a 57 Buick. That's a 58 Edsel. That's a blah, 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 blah. And I, of course, that's back in the day where you could do that without having to take a look at the uh, actual number stamp <laughs> yeah. on the side of the car. Yeah. So uh, I was always a big fan of that. And from that point on, I, I've always enjoyed classic cars. I had one car for 17 years, a 68 Chevy Malibu. I'd like to say it was because I really appreciated the Chevy Malibu style, the 307 engine that we later ended up putting a little more of a hot-rodded engine in. But, of course, working in small market broadcasting, you usually can't afford a car, a newer car. So sometimes cars have to last a long time. So I hung on to that for 17 years, repainted it twice, redid the interior three times. and But it was kind of fun when I finally said goodbye to it. I actually sold it for more than I paid for it back uh, 17 years previous. See, if you keep cars long enough, they become classics eventually. 
I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how that works out. Yeah, so and, cool. and the way that talking about cars kind of came about was as part of being a sportscaster here, I would always love going out to the uh, IndyCar races. Uh, they once had an IndyCar event here in Los Angeles where you actually had it on a street course in downtown L.A. I remember that, yeah. Uh, there's a raceway that Bob works at. Some of you uh, listeners who heard the Bob Beck interview, he works at Irwindale Raceway, and they sometimes have celebrity races. So one day I decided, you know, let's do something kind of a, for a weekend bit. I went out. I interviewed a bunch of people who were racing in this race. Uh, Mark Paul Gossler from Saved by the Bell. Uh, just um, just all sorts of uh, people that you know you can think of that are race car drivers. And I talked to them, and I thought, you know, these interviews were there was so much more material than the two minutes I had given by the radio station right. to do it. I thought, you know, let's see if I can make this into that new thing they're calling podcasting yeah (laughs) and uh i I stumbled onto soundcloud and uh basically started putting them up then and they were like three to five minutes then and eventually expanded it to about anywhere from 35 minutes to an hour there and that's by the way where some of our uh, talking about cars as we call classics from uh, number one to number 93 currently are And uh, now we're at radio.com, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, welcome from the pro world of radio to the semi-pros podcasting. But it seems like everybody's doing a podcast these days. I've had several guests on the show, uh, including Spike Ferrison, who had a TV show, and he's now got a podcast that he does. So it's, I think it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more personable. And it's like when I was sitting with you and Bob and doing your show, it's just some car people getting together, sharing their passion for cars and so forth. So. As we continue, though, on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra as we lead the way into your life here. This is a great way to get those inspirational tires smoking here on Cars, yeah? So, Randy, grab the wheel. I do want to say one thing. I had Spike Ferriston on my show before he started his show, and I got him to talk about the whole David Letterman angle and all that other stuff. And and you could see, and I'm not about to be egotistical enough to say, oh, he came up with that idea on my show. No, I'm sure he's doing very well without my show. But the fact that it was fun to talk with him and then he comes up with his own podcast and has some great guests, too. That's always fun. All right. Mantra. You know, this has basically been on with me for a long time. You know, we all have big dreams. And my mantra is basically your chances at your dreams could be one in a million, but there's zero in a million if you don't try. Yeah. Yeah. What, you're a sports guy. And let me interrupt you real quick because you're a sports guy. Was it Wayne Gretzky that says you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take? Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's kind of one of those things where if you don't have connections, if you don't have an agent, if you don't have all these other things going for you, there's always that moment when you go, man, this is a big step. I don't know if I'm ready. You know something? You got to roll the dice. Now, you know, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll be doing all these drop-in things you could do all afternoon long. But you got to really try and do your thing and give it a shot. Otherwise, you, know, you, you don't want to be regret. You don't want to live in regret of something you didn't try. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a saying my regular listeners have heard, shoulda, woulda, coulda, words of a loser. Uh, and that came from a surf session with a friend of mine back in the days when I lived down there near you, Southern California. I was surfing. I didn't take off on this one huge wave that was in this lineup at Black's Beach because it was a little bit bigger than my taste. And 
I went, man, I should have taken that. And those were the words he yelled at me as he splashed water in my face and took off on the next big wave. I've always remembered that, you know? I'm sorry, did you say black speech? Yeah, black speech. Black speech. Everyone knows you don't wear no buttons and bows. Have you ever heard that song? (laughs) Oh, yeah. But, you know, I was a a surfer. I wasn't a layer on the beacher. So I just walked by all those nude people. I didn't look at them. You know, I didn't inhale, as they say. So... (laughs) <laughs> okay, wait a minute. As long as we're talking about uh, naked beaches, uh, up by Malibu near uh, what we call Zuma Beach, yeah, Point there's Doom. another Point Doom. Uh, we actually had a science class in high school that our teacher took us to Uh-oh. these great pool, you know, basically uh, tide pools. Tide pools, yeah. yeah and yeah. so we went out and we were looking. And of course, as high school kids, maybe some of us knew but didn't really pay much attention to. So we walked over, and and here's the, the the science teacher going on a field trip. Okay, now look at this, and we're all going ooh ah ooh ah, and then we start walking back, and then I got hit by someone next to me in an elbow, and he goes, "Look over there," and from a distance I could see some people lounging, and he goes, "No, they're not wearing any clothes," and I went, <laughs> yeah. "What?" And I said, "Okay, straight ahead, they're men. Just keep walking." No need to see this. <laughs> no. Don't need nothing to see, to see, this see here. All. Keep nothing moving. to see here. Nope. So <laughs> Yeah, the nude beaches. Well, I, I went to school at UCSD and that was right by the cliffs there. Salk Institute and the beautiful cliffs of Black's Beach overlooking that. And I had a, a friend who lived in the farms who had a key to the, the access road. If you knew somebody who lived in La Jolla Farms, you could get a key to the road and drive down to the uh. beach. Otherwise so you always paid to have a friend who had a key to the gate. And uh, my good buddy who, uh, well, he was with me at the Costa Mesa show. He was doing all my photography, Steve Bernstein. He and I surfed together back in the day. And yeah, he's smiling right now as he's hearing all this too. He went on to be a doctor. So, uh, you know, he picked the profession that allows all the fancy cars. But uh, And I I think all your listeners should uh, look up Black Speech, the song on YouTube. I'm sure it's there from that San Diego album from years ago. Black Speech, everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody, a lot knows. of crazy people there without any clothes. But enough of that. I don't know if they still do that or not. I'm going down there. Uh, well, I, I guess we're we're taping the show before I leave to go to the Loya Concord. But uh, maybe I'll have to wander down to Blacks and check out the surf. We'll see. But Mark, we're five minutes into the show. We're already into nudity. So we're already yeah. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> well, let's go back in time and talk about a pivotal moment in your life when you weren't looking at nude people on the beach and you were dreaming about cars. That story that instigated your personal passion for cars. What was that? Let's see. Well, you know, I, I think that certainly the story of that really got me going, and, and I had had cars as a high schooler. I had um, got into motorcycles for a while because I'm a large guy, 6'3", and I decided, well, I wanted to drive motorcycles, and I would drive them. Actually, I had a little extra money from my uh tax refund one year in Salt Lake City when I was there. And I decided, you know, I'm kind of bored, so I'm going to go get a motorcycle. So I got a motorcycle, drove it all around. Uh, Apparently, my cranium is very big. And every time I I would love to say it's because I have increased brain matter, but that doesn't necessarily equate. It's all that great hair you've got. That's what it is. Well, that must be it because there's a I I hit my head and sometimes there's echoes. I don't know what it is. (laughs) But uh, I I finally uh, moved back to Los Angeles in the 80s and had a lot of friends out there that we used to meet at uh, uh, one of the great places uh, in in Calabasas and Agora off Mulholland Highway. And I'm blanking on the name of it. It's the... Is it the Rock the, Shop? The Rock Store. 
A rock store. They call yeah. it the rock store. And if you yeah. go there, you'll run into Leno and, and Schwarzenegger and anybody else that drives a motorcycle. How does this equate to cars? Well, after a while, most of my friends were working and I had nobody to ride a motorcycle with. So I decided, you know, I had a daughter. I had a new wife at the time. And I said, and she kept telling me, boy, I don't want to have you have any problems with back injuries or anything. And I thought, you know, that's it. I'm going to sell the bike. I'm going to find my old high school car or a reasonable facsimile and drive that. And eventually I didn't find my high school car, which is probably a good thing based on the way I left it when I traded it in for that <laughs> Malibu we talked about. But I did find a 1964 Dodge Polara uh, two-door hardtop with a 440 and a Hearst shifter and the whole thing. It needed some work, but it brought back such a flood of memories. Yeah. And I yeah. think everybody has a personal experience with cars. I think the reason so many people like certain cars over other cars is it, it kind of, you come up with a memory. It's something, a, a relative had it, an uncle had it. You used to have a certain car. A girlfriend you used to date had a car, that kind of thing. That to me was the start of me getting back into cars after years of growing up and deciding, you know, that would be kind of fun to do again. And then cool. the next step came next. There you go, Polara. Very, and that's the car you still have today, right? Actually, I have a different version of that Polara. Oh, okay. I actually stripped down the first one because I was going to change it and paint it and blah, blah. And I was talking to um, Julius Stewart, who runs um, Restorations by Julius in Chatsworth, well-known Mopar shop, deals primarily in Mopars, uh, very high-rate clientele. And he said, okay, he had a 64 Dodge Polara at Spring Fling, which is a big Mopar show at Woodley Park in Southern California. And I'm a member of the club there, uh, Chrysler Performance West. And so he said, you know, you should just sell that and buy this. And he had a car and it was exactly the same paint, except it had a red interior, but it was much cleaner. Yeah. And I said, nah, I don't know. I kind of like the blue interior because it's the one I had in high school. And then my current wife looked at me and said, Okay, let me explain to you something. It's going to cost you a lot of money to repaint, redo the floorboards because I tore the carpeting out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm guessing you could get it for a lot cheaper than that and then sell the other car for something. Always, always. So I decided based on the intelligence of my wife, one of the reasons we married each other is because, well, she has a very logical mind where me, I'm flighty (laughs) as things can be. Um, She said, okay. And I went ahead and bought the car. It cost me much less than it would have been to redo the other car. Took all the good parts off the old car, put it on the new car, and swapped them. And to this day, go. I've uh, been driving that Polaro around. And uh, it won an award, actually. Uh, I think it was second place, uh, 62 to 67 Resto Mod. Nice. And the great thing was the first place car came from Canada. So by being second and being from America, I was champion of the champion of the world. Well, the lesson here, the lesson here is marry, marry a very smart woman and do what she says. That's what I always do. It seems to have worked for me for the last thirty-five years. So uh, there night. you go. <laughs> there you Dun, go. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or a big failure along the way. And I like this question because it helps those who might be in the same situation or something similar. Uh, it teaches us really valuable lessons, maybe not so fun at the time, 
but they're very valuable moving forward. So walk us through one of those, would you? Well, one involves a car and involves the old Polara, the high school Polara. It was a four-door sedan, kind of like what the police used to drive around in, except here in L.A. they were running 64 Plymouths, which is basically the same car. I decided that I knew how to fix my car. So one day I decided to paint the engine. Now, normally people would maybe pull the engine, clean it, paint it, put it back in. No, I didn't go that far. I took a spray can, cut out little stars, decided to make the valve covers blue with white stars on it, painted the block red, and then I needed to get, of course, you have to put a new carburetor on. So instead of taking the one I had that I knew worked and getting it rebuilt, no, no, I went to your typical auto shop, bought a carburetor, put it in and said, all right, I am so smart. I did this great. The car never ran well again. Again. (laughs) Never ran. And I eventually sold it trying to figure out what went wrong. And of course, years later, I went, I should have just had the thing rebuilt instead of traded because it was obviously the carburetor was the bad element. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the lesson there is to always, if you're going to go somewhere you've never been, it helps to have somebody who has the intelligence and knows what they're doing right. to help you out. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surround yourself with people who are a little more knowledgeable than you, just like the wife story we were talking about, right? Yeah, no, she knows nothing about carburetors, so she wouldn't have helped me then. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. And across the street, ironically, was... I don't know about ironically, but across the street, we had neighbors who all worked on cars, but I just didn't feel I knew them well enough to go over there and say, hey, my carburetor is this and blah, blah, blah. So you have to overcome shyness. You have to overcome naturally being inward and say, you know something, in a group, I'm a very outward guy back then. And inwardly, it's like, you know, you could be very shy, but, you know, push comes to shove. You need that information about your car. You need to go to the place where you can get it. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Well, we talked a little bit about some of these first cars, but I always ask people about the first really special car, maybe a car they finally saved up for, finally got, something like that. But is there one of those in your in your memory book? Well, um, the interesting thing was that Safari, uh, Pontiac Safari Wagon, they only made, at least at the time I was looking, 1,292 of them in 19, uh, 1957. Oh, wow. And I decided I wanted a Nomad, and I, but I saw Nomads everywhere, even the 55, which is one of the ones that really caught my eye. So one day I'm pulling out of a um, shopping center, and I see this car go the other direction, immediately giving myself whiplash because I went, well, wait a minute, it's got the Nomad hood or Nomad top, but it's not a Nomad. It looks like a Pontiac. So I immediately, when I got home, started researching Pontiac Nomads, came up with the custom safari. I said, now that's what I want. That's unusual enough. They didn't make many of them. There's got to be some somewhere. It took me three years to find one. Wow. That wasn't a piece of junk. And um, I ended up finding it up closer to where you are in Gilroy. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, went up there and, and picked it up, got it for a reasonable price. Uh, the engine was horrible. It was a little 347 uh, two-barrel and smoked everywhere. In fact, when I got it back to Southern California before I fixed the engine, I took it over to Bob's Big Boy in Toluca Lake and parked it next to smoking and everything and parked it right next to a gorgeous 57 Nomad. 
everybody ignored the nomad. Grown yeah. men would come over to me with tears in their eyes going, I've never <laughs> seen one of these. I've always wondered about it. Yeah. I went, yeah, you picked the right car. So ever since we've been putting it together, I had the engine rebuilt, took six years. And wow. uh, because I went to one place and, and frankly, they kind of messed it up. And then decided I they had I had to pay them more, and then they went out of business, and I had to rescue my car from oh, one of those stories. Yeah, yes. So eventually got it back, took it somewhere else, and uh, all in all, about five years it sat on the shelf. Nice. So, Great. Now, if it came out of Gilroy, did it smell like garlic? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, I went to an Italian restaurant and ordered a hoagie. I don't know why. It was just yeah. a mental thing. <laughs> For those of you who don't know. Gilroy, California is the garlic capital of the world. So, uh, yeah, they grow a lot of garlic. Just driving through there, take a big whiff and you can smell the garlic in the air. It's like, yeah. I had to replace this upholstery. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Only dated Italian women at that point because of that. I couldn't figure out why they liked me so much. Now I know. See, see, see. Yeah. Then (laughs) ciao, ciao, ciao. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you wish you'd held on to? Well, it's an interesting question. I've heard you ask your other um, guests about that before. I've lost a few of them. I lost one in a divorce. I lost a 56 GMC truck in a divorce. But I will say this. The one car that I think of that I'd always like back is my father's 56 Pontiac. Uh, when they traded it in or they bought a, a brand new 64 Dodge Polara, the one I had that turned into my high school car, this 56 Pontiac with the... Uh, turquoise and white paint job upholstery looked great and i was begging my parents i said oh god please do not give away that car let me have it it's only going to be a few years from now i'm going to be driving please 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 my mother would say randy you're nine years old it's going to be a long time i said no and sure enough they sold it and of course you knew what comes what comes next is uh, i said uh to my dad so uh, what, he sold it to the mechanic down the street. Oh. And I said, great. Well, what happened to the Pontiac? How is it? And he says, oh, I didn't tell you. I said, no. He said, oh, he ran it into a power pole or something like that. Oh, no. Oh, no. And uh, I didn't talk to my father for about another 25 years, 25, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> finally, finally broke that silence wall the other day. Yeah. Oh, exactly. well, that's that's tough. I'm Well, you know, I guess some things are just meant to be. Well, let's move on to something a little more fun. I'd love for you to share a lot more what has you excited and fired up right now with Talking About Cars, this podcast. I had a great time with you and Bob. It just felt like I was back home, a lot like what I do here, obviously, on Cars. Yeah, talk about people, about their lives around cars. So, what has you excited and fired up this year about this podcast of yours, Talking About Cars? Well, our main motto is everybody has a car story. And the idea being, sure, we want us, wouldn't it be great if you had a conversation just like at a car show where you're sitting around a car and you're kind of saying, hey, I got this and hey, what's that? And tell me a little story about when you did this. So ours is kind of that story with the exception of celebrities being here in Southern California, I have a little more access to that. Right. And I'm lucky enough that a lot of what I call car personalities are in the area. Uh, the Chip Fooses, the Dennis Gages, the all sorts of people that'll come through. The, there's a lot of car shows like uh, the Classic Auto Show, which you came to. They will come in, Dave Kidnig, and we have access. I'll go to SEMA and get some interviews. I will go to the Barrett-Jackson shows and get some interviews. And it's always interesting because... These people have the same, if not more interesting, 
interviews and car stories than a lot of other people you might think. And it's not just, oh, I had my person go out and buy me a car. No, they're as car crazy, to quote Barry uh, McGuire. Barry McGuire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're as car crazy as you would imagine. And some are just out and out wild. And they have some really fun stories. And I mean, I, I just some a couple of things. Like I remember once Dennis Gage was talking about how his first car, he ended up driving it into the front of a house. I believe it was a Ford Thunderbird or something like that. And there's just such great stories out there that you can sit there and get people to talk about. And the funny thing is, as you do on your show in a way, it's you get them to talk about uh, their personal stories as well. And some of your, you talk about philosophies a lot. And these people will sit there and talk about their shows, the background, what went into a television show that they work on, how they got the job. And, and it's just fun. And, and I do a lot of stuff in sports, but as of late, I'm mostly doing morning radio, which is great. So I don't get out to as many um, sporting events as I could. Sure. Uh -huh. But this car thing is a lot of fun, too, because you get a chance to talk to the people. And there is a real genuineness, I think, uh, among people in the car hobby, yes. you know, yeah. such as yourself and such as so many others. Even the, for the most part, the celebrities are just once you talk about cars, they'll talk all day. You want to yeah. talk about their projects or who they were dating. Yeah, they don't want to talk about that. But you get them to talk about cars. Just about anybody out there will just open up. Yeah, it's fun. Where can people find your podcast? Well, we're on radio.com, which is part of the Intercom group. Uh, radio.com. We're on knx1070.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We even have a website called talkingaboutcars.net. Now on that, we do a little extra. I'll basically give you a little background as to how we set up the interview. Or like, for example, uh, just recently I was talking to someone from the old television show L.A. Law. And oh, okay. I was at the, uh, there was a show down here, an autograph show called The Hollywood Show. And I had talked to all sorts of interesting people there, like Robert Carradine from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. He is a, a lot of people may not know that he actually was a race car driver. And he used to take cars and drive them all over Mulholland Drive, oddly enough. And I was walking by this one person from L.A. Law and she kind of said, so what are you doing there? And I said, oh, I'm interviewing people about cars and car stories. And she goes, well, I love cars. And the next thing I know, not expecting her to have a car story, she did. And she had a pretty good car story. So we ran cool. that. And so that's kind of how we get some of the people involved. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Well, I'll make sure I put links on Randy's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website so you can check it out. It's a great format. And uh, eventually, pretty soon here, I guess my show will be up on your site, too, so people can listen to the mic switch that happened to me with you and Bob. So had a great time talking with you guys. Randy, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. Right now, you can get 10% off 
all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers. Plus, they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. Mav TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Randy, I am back, and I have a very introspective question for you before we jump into the last lap. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you were manifested into a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as metal and iron and rubber, what would you be and why? (laughs) Oh, I would be the understated car. I am not a race car. I'm not a Porsche. Is it Porsche or Porsche? Porsche. 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 Of course. Opinion on that. If you're in yeah. Germany, it's a Porsche, and that's where Absolutely. they're made. So it's a Porsche. Yeah. I agree with you, or okay. whoever else I'm talking to at that time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my car is, an, and I kind of go for something a little different. I go for a 1968, being an American guy, uh, American car person. I go for a 68 Chrysler Imperial, or just Imperial. Now the reason I pick Imperial, you say, well, gosh, that's stodgy. That's kind of well, it's understated. I, it operates below, kind of like the, uh, operates below the wire, so to speak, so people kind of don't see it coming. It's yeah. a bit stealthy. It's got a powerful engine. It's very comfortable. And more important, I think that it basically gives you an opportunity to move quickly when the opening is there. There you go. So, so <laughs> when, when my move is ready to go, all I have to do is punch it, and I know I'll have enough power there. But it's not going to be flashy, but I'll tell you something. It'll be a lot of fun. It sounds good. I just recently had Alexander Rossi on the show, who's an ex-F1 and an IndyCar racer. And he had a very similar thing. He said, you know what I learned most in racing is when you see an opening, you better go for it. Do not hesitate. Just go for it. So there you go. The Imperial. I love it. Very nice, Randy. (laughs) And it's all about, and really, it is all about your opportunity in life. I think uh, chances in the business are just kind of like life. You know, you see your opportunity, you kind of got to you go for it. And who knows, you may very well be Mark someday. <laughs> and have TV. a podcast and a TV show. Who would have yeah. thought? They always well, we told me. Be, we all want to be you, Mark. That's I just want to <laughs> let you know. That's all oh, we yeah. want to do. We all want to be you. Well, they told me I had a face for podcasting, <laughs> uh, but somehow it ended up on TV. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but uh, thanks for th- rolling that in, Randy. Yeah, you, and I want to. You, ro- you saw your opening. 
You and went I for went it. for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you can find Cars Yeah TV on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing uh, television show, which are at stream. So check me out there. All right. We are up to the checkered flag. And uh, actually, not the checkered flag, the white flag. This is the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give us some very quick blips of that imperial throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think the best automotive advice I've ever received is go for the car that you love. Don't go for it for the money. I mean, if you're doing it for an investment, chances are if if it doesn't sell or it doesn't become the in thing, you're going to be stuck with a car you don't want. Go for the ones that personally touch you in one way or another. Absolutely. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there one that you have that you think has contributed to your success over the years? Never giving up being persistent, and understanding that you may not be doing what you really want to do now, but somewhere down the line, you're going to get a better opportunity to do something closer to what you want to do. I think that, and I'm talking about cars basically here, you know, you you have a chance to, for for example, I have those two cars, but I'm always looking. And I saw a car I really thought I wanted, a 57 DeSoto. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is such a great looking car, blah, blah, blah. And of course, finances were, were not right in the right place, but you're always putting that on your list. You're always oh, yeah. putting that, whether you have a memory board or, or, or a wish board where you put a picture of it, try to get your mind synced to the fact that I can get that or I could perform this or I could do. I mean, I love what I'm doing right now on the radio here. It's great. It's sports. I've been doing it for 35, 40 years, but I always know I could do other things, too. So that's what's sort of fun about this car thing, because you're building it up from something new to something that's being accepted to now uh, we're getting some pretty good hits. So it's it's just a lot of fun. It is. Go for it. Definitely. How about a resource? Is there one you'd like to share? Well, you know, it's fun. I mean, Craigslist is always interesting. As long as you don't get spammed by somebody, you always got to watch out for that. Uh, It's always fun to look at those and see what's available. eBay Motors or for cars is always a lot of fun. And and I think you need to uh, network a lot. And I think this isn't exactly your question, but I think by networking among people you know in your business, in cars, that kind of thing, you get knowledge that you wouldn't get any other way. Right. Yeah. I tell you, I hear that answer from a lot of people, and it really is, can be one of your best resources. Are people in the mark, in the field, in the industry that know more than you do? Join a car club. If, if you want to have a Ferrari someday, join the Ferrari club. You don't have to own one. But when you get to the point where you can go buy one, you'll have so much knowledge, you won't buy the wrong Ferrari, because that's the last thing we all want to do, right? Is right. buy the wrong Ferrari. <laughs> absolutely. Well, gee, uh, first world problems. But yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. But I think it was the same thing when I bought that 57 Pontiac, is I had to join POCI, which is the Pontiac Oakland Car Club. And I basically, every month in that uh, uh, magazine, club magazine came out. I would basically look at the want ads until I found something. And sure enough, eventually I found the one I was looking for in their want ads. Just don't so, join the POSCI. That's the wrong car club. Right. That's a different car club that <laughs> different, uh, would yeah. be on HBO. But that's yeah. all right. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> I just want to clarify that. All now, right. if, you can, if I get away, <laughs> now I'm all tongue twisted. Netflix is going, my God, that's a great idea for a show. That's a new title. Yeah, we're going to see it next week. <laughs> I'm not going to get one residual checked off that either, not even one. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? You know, the good thing about the car podcast, and I think it is with you too, is you've interacted with so many people. Oh, yeah. 
And that's the great thing. I mean, and being out there, some of our interviews we did over the phone or Skype or whatever, but the ability to actually talk to people in the business and talk to people and celebrities and that kind of thing, I think it would have to be someone along the lines of someone who has been very successful, someone who's been very successful. And and I'm running names through my head and most of them I've already you talk probably already, already talked to. Yeah. I've talked to most of them when it comes to car shows and that kind of thing that are currently on TV or along the likes of that. Um, so far, Mark Warman, every time we try to catch up with him, we just narrowly miss catching up with him. So we'd like to talk. I'd certainly love to uh, chat with him someday. He'd be somebody of interest. And, and just somebody who's been through the podcast game, because I think, as you mentioned, there is a podcast. There's 100 podcasts for everything out there. And to stand out, you have to be different. And whether it's you, the personality, or the way you approach your talent, or the way you talk to guests, sometimes some people will, you know, I had a great time talking uh, with Matt Farah over at the Smoking Tire. Yeah. And what was interesting is he taught me a lot when it came to video. You know, we all want to put together a really good MGM quality movie like video of our just takes a lot of money randy that's all (laughs) exactly and he says you know something you can just throw something together and people will accept it now as long as it's done in a certain way you can't just throw schlock out there but i mean if you make it look you can't throw it back and forth like a home movie where you have all sorts of jerky camera moves but People appreciate the topic they're going to watch no matter what. So I I think somebody I could learn from. And gosh, you know, I'm still thinking about who personally that might be. But I know there's somebody out there. Well, there's a lot out there. I was lucky enough to get Mark on this show, Mark Warman. He was a very interesting interview. And and I interviewed him there on the celebrity stage. He is quite a character. Uh, He called me afterwards. He said, I hope I I didn't uh, throw you a left curve there. And I said, no, you you were very fun to banter with. Because he's quite a character. And of course, Smoking Tire, I've had Matt on the show too. He's a great guy. So knowledgeable, a guy who just puts himself out there and just tries things. So very, very fun. I take my guest list and yours, but I just realized, you know something? I only have 138 shows. So I, I think I, most of my guys have been on your show. Maybe, but, maybe. Uh, I'm happy to introduce yeah. you to any of them. You just let me know, okay? <laughs> happy <laughs> happy to share. For suggestions. Yeah, happy to share. Absolutely. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I'm kind of like a elementary school kid when it comes to that kind of stuff. If it has a lot of pictures, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> and when I say that, I'm talking about car pictures Yep. because they're a lot of fun. And I think learning something is uh, like the Tom Cotter books, you know, the oh. barn fine books. I'm always fascinated by people who can who put cars in garages for years and years and years, and you're able to come back and do something with that. Yeah. I think those are always interesting. Sometimes there's a couple of books out there that uh, cars of the 50s, cars of the 60s, certainly a lot of pictures. But I think what's real interesting is it talks about the times. It talks about decisions with cars and how cars came to be what they are. Mm -hmm. And then the one magazine I love, Classic Automobile. Oh, yeah. If you're familiar with that magazine. and, And again, it's not as much about the cars, pictures, but it's about. I just get fascinated by the pre-designs. You know, what could this car have looked like if somebody had given it the high sun? So there's some really odd variations to vehicles that a lot of people just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tom Cotter, he's been to my show twice now. Um, Obviously, all of his barn find books have been fantastic, but he was on the show with Bill Warner when they went down to Cuba and did a book together about 
cars in Cuba and kind of unfolded that myth that there's all these really cool restored cars in Cuba. And they're really just a bunch of old cars driving around Cuba. Not too many restored cars down there at all. I don't think there's any. together with baling wire, tube socks, and uh, basically uh, duct tape. Yeah, a lot of creativity going on. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources Randy has shared today on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Randy Cardoon, and that page will pop right up. All right, Randy, we are up to the checkered flag, and this can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but there's a couple rules to this game that make it a little challenging. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, so that little trick of picking the Ferrari GTO is out of the bag, unless that's the car you want to have. Uh, You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here. No dust settling on hoods. And here's the kicker. It's the only collector car you can have parked in your garage. Yeah, you got to get rid of your cars. Unless you want to pick one of your cars, then I don't have to buy you a car today. So what can I buy you? Wow, wow, wow. Keep it, huh? You know, I I think that uh, I would probably hang on to my 64 Polara just because it was the high school car. Yeah. And it's the one that reminds me of the high school car. Now, if you could give me, if I take something else aside from the two, I would be tempted to go for something like, something a little utilitarian, something like uh, like my 56 GMC that at, at one time that I had that might be fun because it's a truck, it's unique, it's that Chevy build, but it had that bulldog chrome grill on it that uh, love that. I thought that yeah. was really great. So that would be fun. Well, I like this, Randy. You're a cheap date. And that always makes me happy. <laughs> American cars, what can I tell you? <laughs> I've had a lot of expensive dates on this show, I'll tell you. That's why I'm broke. But uh, I'm happy to either leave you with that 64 Dodge Polara or maybe find one that's a little more ship shape or that truck. Doesn't matter to me. But 57 DeSoto would be good. I could do Oh, here now we're starting to spend now, more money. Though, to get the one, not with the two headlights, but the yeah. one headlight. The one. In California, it was illegal to put two headlights on either side. So that would be another one I could get. Oh, they were even making bureaucratic laws back then, weren't they? Holy oh, cow. Yeah. Yeah. 57 Buick would be good. I oh, like here that. Here we go. <laughs> now, he's on a, now he's on a string. Well, I'm going to move this show along before I'm really broke because you're just you're <laughs> ramping up with every one of these things. So you're I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with the car you have. I think that's the cheapest way to go today. Randy, you've taken me on a great ride. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed you sharing your story with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off up the Coast Highway in that beautiful 64 Dodge Polara? I think that, again, be persistent. Don't give up. Realize you can only fight the battles you have power to fight. And don't let the small stuff get you down. And more importantly, laugh a lot. Because, you know, when it comes right down to it, you're here to have fun. It's not supposed to be a drag to go from place to place. And having classic cars are a blast. And the people in the classic car community are so much fun. They really are for the most part. So enjoy the ride and uh, keep shining those cars and laugh. Laugh a lot. What's, again, the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and your world? Uh, You can follow us on social media. Uh, It's Talking About Cars, T-A-L-K-N, About Cars on uh, Twitter. We're Talking About Cars on Instagram and Facebook. Also, our website, TalkingAboutCars.net. You could hear the podcast on Radio.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, KNX1070.com, and a plethora, a virtual plethora of other places where you listen to podcasts. Absolutely. Again, listeners, we'll put these links on Randy's show notes page. 
I would encourage you to listen to his show. I think you're going to love it. It's a lot like Car Xiao with a, a very unique twist. And of course, he knows all the fancy people in LA. So, uh, you know, he's got, he's got the fancy folks that I can't bag here on Car Xiao, but. Oh, and real quick, real quick. Yeah. We did a thing once where we went and I know you had, um, Julian White on the show some time ago. Yeah. And he and I were for a while worked on, uh, television, some, some video stuff. And then you can see that on, um, YouTube. And one of the things we had fun with is finding out that there are a lot of car people that have a sense of humor. Like we did this thing with Wayne Carini, where one of the shows we did won, won an award once. So we said, hey, you know, it's like a little promo for the show. And so I said, hey, Wayne, uh, something along the lines of, hey, we won an award. He goes, good. You have the trophy. I showed him the trophy. And it was basically a baseball trophy that my daughter had. And, <laughs> and he, he goes, wait a minute. This looks like a baseball trophy from yeah. your wife. And my wife comes over and says something and goes something along the lines of, Oh, Randy, and grabs the trophy back and walks away. And walks away. You and, can't pull the wool over it, Wayne's eyes. <laughs> and who knew that Wayne Carini could do humor and Dave Kindig and all the other guys? So that oh, might yeah. be something to check out, too. Absolutely. Well, Randy, thanks for being so generous today with your time, for making me laugh, putting a smile on my face, and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Till you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I'll be the guy on the side of the road with the hood up, gas can in my hand, looking for a ride. We'll wave as we go on by. (laughs) See you later. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.